Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, good morning, gang. Welcome to the New Southern Garden. Of course, I'm your gardening pal, Nathan Wilson, and I'm very glad, as always, that you've decided to join us for today's program. If you've been around a while, you know how it works. Last week, we just, which is the last uh, the last Saturday of the month, we had our Q&A session. And during our Q&A session, of course, we're answering your questions, so... It's basically your questions, our answers. And we had a great show. We had some wonderful questions about hydrangeas and about some problems with a cherry tree. That poor cherry tree looked like old George Washington got a hold of it and started chopping it down. (laughs) But I think we helped to solve that problem. And so if you have a question, if you have something, like I said last week, that's bothering your begonias or bugging your begonias or agitating your asters, then be sure to check us out online at NewSouthernGarden.com. Because we've got a few weeks until the end of May, since this is just the beginning, and we're going to be answering your questions then. So you've got got three, three and a half weeks before we get along to the end of May. And this is the time of year. Let me just go ahead and talk about it. This is the time of year where activity is flourishing. Not only are plants growing, but so are the pests that eat them. Yes, those pesky bugs, those terrible diseases, fungus and bacterial spots all over the plant. That will happen. Remember, gang, there is no surefire way in nature of keeping things off because it's it's biological warfare in the garden. There's something growing and something consuming, kind of like the food chain, right? You know that picture of small fish, bigger fish, bigger fish, big, big fish. They all eat each other. There's a food chain. And just like under the water, Above the earth, there is a food chain. So we'll be glad to help identify any kind of problem you may have, any kind of issue that may arise because we know that it will. It will happen. And we've got to be prepared for it. Now, there are things we can do preventatively, of course, you know, uh, on the weed side of pests, uh, plants that pop up where they should not be. Mulching is a good idea. Because there's plenty of benefits to using mulch in the landscape, of course. You have the fact that it keeps the soil temperature moderated. You know, during the summer, it keeps it cooler. During the winter, it keeps the soil warmer. So it makes your plant's roots much happier. It also does break down and add organic matter to the soil slowly. But mulch, being this thick blanket over the earth, it covers the earth from the sun. And it helps to prevent weeds. It's especially in areas where you've recently dug and you've turned the soil over. 
by turning the soil over, of course, you stimulate uh, more weed growth and development. And you're turning weed seeds from deep into the earth up to the top of the surface. And if you've just cleared an area where there used to be weeds, you can guarantee that your weed seed bank is pretty high. And in order to keep that low, we try to prevent those weed seeds from acquiring or receiving light so that they will not germinate. Now, that's not surefire, of course. There will be the few that pop up, but having a thick layer of mulch will help to prevent some at the most you possibly can. So, yes, last week we did have our Q&A week, and you can send us questions at NewSouthernGarden.com. You can also send us questions with pictures and, and videos if, you know, like I say, a video in gardening is worth more than a thousand words because sometimes a description of a, of a plant with a green leaf that has flowers sometimes is not enough. That's pretty vague. But a picture and image can speed that process along and help us resolve your gardening questions. So again, NewSouthernGarden.com, Facebook and Instagram at NewSouthernGarden.com. And while you're there at the website or online, just check out and see what's going on because you've got every episode of the program ever, including two weeks ago, which we started talking about perennials. We started talking about the perennial garden. We talked about how to select them, how to make sure your site looks really good, how to make sure the soil looks really good, or at least knowing what conditions you have so that you can select plants that are going to perform very well. Remember, that's the goal here, is to put plants in the right place. It's an old saying, right? Plants in the right place. If a plant likes drier soils, it's not going to survive or thrive in an area where the soil may be wet. And the reverse is true. If you have uh, plants that are more bog plants, they like wet feet, they like wet roots, then putting them in a dry space may give them a good bit of struggle as well, searching and, and striving for water. So knowing the kind of soil you have, knowing the light conditions, how much sun you get, how much shade you get, these were all important things that we talked about on the first perennial garden uh, episode, and we're going to continue talking about that today. We're going to talk more about how do you, uh, how do you purchase your plants, what kinds, not necessarily what types of plants, you know, certain species. We're going to talk about the way that nurseries and garden centers may prepare or present or deliver your plants. We're going to talk about that, and we'll probably talk a little bit about how perennials grow because perennials are different than shrubs and trees. Perennials are different than annuals. So we're going to talk about how they grow so that you are able to watch them and observe them, monitor them, make sure they're growing, and they are growing very well. So now that you've taken all the tips that we gave you a couple of weeks ago, in the first perennial garden episode, now that you've taken them to heart or to garden, uh, just know that uh, you've you've been working through what kind of site conditions you have. And uh, I guess as we wrap up the series, we'll talk about some specific perennials, which we've done before. Uh, but let's say you're getting ready to plant. You're, you're going to start shopping for perennials. You want to make sure that you're going to the nurseries or, or maybe you're going online. We'll talk about some options. But really, it does come down to timing. Timing is a big factor. Now, I will say that this time of year is a good time to plant perennials. Uh, perennials are putting out a lot of growth. 
they're flushing, they're putting out new leaves, and really most of them are putting out buds already. Some of the later summer types, they're still just a little mass of foliage. But pretty soon, they will be sending up flower stalks and having buds and looking really good. So timing is going to be critical, obviously. One of the worst times to start shopping for perennials, for a couple of reasons, is going to be in the dead or the heat of summer. First of all, let's talk about the plant's perspective. In the middle of summer, the plant is still actively growing, but not only is it actively growing using water, but the climate that it's in, being summertime, we have less water. We have less um, access uh, to that moisture and more access to heat. And of course, that can be very stressful. So the dead of summer is not the ideal time to be doing this. But now is a good time. And there's another reason why spring is, another, is, is, a, is a good time to, um, uh, to, to shop for your perennials. Because the garden centers and the nurseries, whether it's a local plant nursery near you, which is always a great source to go shop at, but also online nurseries. This time of year, they do have, generally speaking, we're going to have a lot of options in the garden centers. So even though, you know, fall is a really good time and spring's a good time, people normally shop for plants in the spring. And so springtime is the time when the nurseries have the most available crops ready because that's when, this is the economy here, that's when the market demands it. They demand it in spring. Maybe it's because we get that thing we talked about a few weeks ago called spring fever which is a real thing. Spring fever happens to us. We either want to clean the house or go outside and garden. Well, we have longer days. We've been cooped up all winter. It's dark at night over winter, but now we have these long nights. It's warm weather. It changes us on the hormonal level. It changes our body chemistry. We want to go out. And so that's when the nurseries make the most selections available. If you show up at a nursery on a really good warm spring day, kind of that first spring day, you'll probably have you'll probably have the most selection that you'll ever have for perennials. Maybe you'll be able to get something unusual before it gets gobbled up, uh, but maybe you'll be able to find some standard things that are going to look great in your landscape. So again, timing is critical. Timing is important. And right now is a good time to go ahead and start shopping for perennials. And while you're shopping for perennials, you need to kind of know what to expect, what to look for. Now, we've already mentioned a couple of ways that you may you know, purchase perennials. Of course, you can go to your local garden center, your local nursery, which of course you can come to uh, Flowery Branch, Georgia at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, where you can find me throughout the week. And we primarily are going to stock perennials in container plants. Now, of course, you're probably used to buying plants in containers. It is a nice way. It's a good way to grow plants and it's a good way to sell plants and to buy plants. So good for the grower, good for the shopper. So the reality is these plants are able to stay in a pot, develop their root system. You're getting a large root system. Yes, they are in some kind of potting mix or potting media, as we call it. But it is a good, fine growing place, usually high organic, very lightweight and fluffy. It holds on to moisture, but it does drain well. And so container plants are a great way to purchase uh, your perennials. They come in a variety of sizes. You may find some perennials that are small little plugs that are only in maybe a two-inch container. You may find a quart, a gallon, two gallons, or larger. So depending on the type of plant and the amount of space that it demands, and of course, its maturity, how mature it is, usually younger plants are going to be in smaller pots for a cheaper price. 
but plants that have been grown out longer or maybe larger, uh, they are going to be in bigger pots for probably a bigger price, but you will have more uh, show. Your, your perennial garden will look more mature if you're buying older perennial plants in bigger containers. The other thing you want to think about when you're buying a container plant, of course, is going to be how big of a hole do you want to dig? <laughs> because we've talked about digging at extent on New Southern Garden, and you can find old episodes of how we properly install plants. But if you don't want to dig a lot of large holes, you may start off with smaller perennials, maybe in the court or gallon-sized, but three gallons are going to demand a bigger hole. It's a bigger pot, so we need a bigger hole. Now, of course, when you're looking at plants, you do want to make sure that the health is on par, that the health is above par, if you will, making sure that you look at all parts of the plant. The foliage needs to be in good shape. It needs to be green if they're a green-colored leaf, if it's a lime-colored leaf, just a vibrant color of whatever that plant is supposed to look like. You know, we want to make sure there's very few spots. This is biological warfare, so you may find plants that have a few freckles, just like I do, you know, and a few freckles may not be a bad thing, but an obviously uh, unhealthy plant will have maybe curled uh, edges. They may be wilted to a bit, just cert uh, certain signs of poor health. And then, of course, pest-free uh, nurseries work hard to make sure their plants are pest-free so that uh, they not only sell but grow well. Uh, it's, it's a win-win for everybody, especially the plant. So looking underneath the leaves, looking along the stem at nodes, uh, looking for little small bugs or sticky residue or maybe tiny webs of spider mites. These are things that you may see um, uh, if there's a heavy infestation of plant of of, of of a pest, don't buy that kind of plant. And also the buds. Look at the flower buds. Look at the foliage buds. They should be plump. They should be solid. Not not squishy. Shouldn't be squishy. They shouldn't be de uh, deformed or discolored. And just make sure that the uh, plant is rooted well so you can turn the pot over very carefully. Don't ruin the poor nurseryman's hard work. Uh, but make sure if roots are poking out from the drainage holes, that is a good, a good thing to look for. And um, those roots should also be a nice white color. Nice white color or a vibrant brown for some perennials. But we don't want black roots. Black roots can mean uh, root rot. And so that is one way that you can purchase perennial plants is to go to a local nursery center and buy containerized perennials. Also, you can buy them online, but there's some other types of perennials that you can buy, particularly online. And when we get back from this break, I'll tell you all about it. So hang on tight with more perennials on your shopping list. I think so. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the New Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. <laughs> at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get growing together.
Well, gang, this is the Perennial Garden episode number two. A couple of weeks ago, right before our Q&A last week, we started talking about the Perennial Garden. And we, we were talking about how do we select plants based on our site and whatnot. But now we're talking about shopping for plants. Probably the most enjoyable part of your perennial garden will be shopping for plants. Mainly because it doesn't take much effort to shop. I guess for some it may take no effort at all. It comes natural. But at the same rate, shopping for plants is fun and exciting. Of course, we're going into the nurseries. Hopefully, the local plant nursery near you, some, somebody who uh, is ma and pa and owns that business would be ideal. Of course, you can buy plants anywhere, big box stores, even at grocery stores now. It's kind of bizarre, but you can buy plants anywhere. But remember, keeping your monies local helps that person up the street or down the road. So with all that in mind, we talked about before the break, we were talking about container-grown perennials. You got tongue-tied there. Container-grown perennials. These would be plants that are grown in pots. And it's an easy way to move plants, of course. Uh, it's an easy way to develop a nice, large root system without a lot of damage to the root system. But there is another way that you can source your plants, and that's particularly uh, called bare root. So bare root perennials are pretty unusual and kind of unique. And I will say that you'll find a lot of bare root plants available at online nurseries or mail order nurseries, catalog nurseries, however uh, you contact these folks. Now, working with a nursery that is sending them bare root or that is sending them in the mail is an interesting thing. So obviously, because they may not be open to the public like your local uh, plant nursery is. They may have fields and acres and acres full of perennials in their fields. You may have a better selection. That is a pretty good fact that catalog nurseries or online nurseries, mail order nurseries, we should probably call them, they usually do have a wide selection, a wide variety of things to choose from. So there's nothing wrong and it would be quite enjoyable to be able to choose uh, from a variety of plants. But when they send them to you as bare roots, here's what you are going to expect. You're going to expect a plant that has a good, strong root system, or it should. A good, strong root system that is not surrounded by soil. Sometimes in the packing process and the shipping process, they will surround the roots with some kind of sawdust that's been moistened or some other material that can hold on to moisture but not stay wet and leak through the box. They'll also probably be wrapped in plastic. A little bit of that. There's a variety of ways that uh, online or rather mail order nurseries are shipping bare root plants to you. Of course, at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, sometimes uh, we do buy young bare root plants and then put them in containers and grow them out for a year or two and then make them available that way. So you can do the same thing. But when you get in a bare root perennial, you should make sure that the, just like container plants, that the plant quality is nice and the health is good. You may see that uh, these plants have been trimmed back. The leaves may be few. There may be none. It may just be a nice ball of roots. And that's okay. But you should see, uh, usually when they send them to you, they're shipping them at the appropriate time of year for your zone. And they've maybe not broken dormancy yet. There may be no new growth yet. 
And that's okay. They're not necessarily supposed to have a lot of green growth. But the stems, if there are any stems, they should appear thick. They shouldn't be wispy and tiny and shriveled up. There should be no obvious signs of damage or rot. But again, it's the root system. When you're buying a bare root perennial or any kind of bare root plant, look at the roots. Make sure they're crisp. Make sure they're either light brown or white. Depending on the type of perennial you have, uh, it could be white roots. It could be kind of brown roots, but not black, mushy, or stringy roots. Those are probably not viable roots on your poor perennial there. Now, if there's just a few that may have died back, no problem. Just pinch them off. But But regardless, make sure that the general health of that plant, just like in a container, is looking good. Again, these bare roots are very unique and very interesting in the way that we ship them, but they respond well. As a matter of fact, bare root plants are probably up to a couple of years old. They've been grown in the field, been grown in the ground. Uh, They're usually going to be dormant when they're sent to you. But unlike containers, you know, container plants, usually they've been in that pot their entire life or at least most of it. But these plants are unique in that they've been grown in the ground, grown in the field, and then they're harvested off uh, out of the earth at the right time to ship to your house. So it's an interesting way. Uh, sometimes bare roots might be a little cheaper because there's n- not the added expense of pots and soil and all of that. But regardless, whether you're buying container perennials or bare root perennials, the key when you're shopping is just to make sure, just to make sure that the health of the plant is good, that there aren't any insects, that there aren't rotted roots. Make sure the vigor looks nice, and you and your plants will be happy with each other, (laughs) and they will be healthy and growing. Okay, now there is a third way that you may shop for plants. But actually, you're not shopping for the plant itself. You're shopping for the plant's seed. Seed is a wonderful way to start perennials. I do it all the time at my, in, in my garden because with seed, you have so many more options. Sometimes it's hard to find certain plants at local nurseries. Sometimes it's hard to find plants on the online or mail-order nurseries. Because there's only so many numbers of types of crops that a certain operation or nursery can grow. They have limited space, maybe have limited labor. I mean, one nursery couldn't grow every plant in the world by any means, right? That would just be ridiculous for us to expect that. So you can grow perennials yourself, particularly from seed. It's a very good option. If you want something rare or unique or hard to find, of course... It's very rewarding. It's a nice, rewarding garden project, especially if you're gardening with children. It's a wonderful way. You know, it's easy to grow tomatoes and vegetables, but perennials sometimes from seed are a little more challenging. So if you want a challenge in your perennial garden, then growing them from seed might be another way. And lastly, maybe you're just frugal. Maybe your budget's not there. Maybe you want a lot of plants with variety and different types, but you can't afford to purchase a gallon perennial at 10 or $12 a pop. Well, that's okay, too. You can buy seed very cheap and get a large number of plants for that. 
So, of course, one of those ways would be to, to br- browse either seed racks and making sure the species you're buying are perennials. A lot of seed racks are full of vegetables and herbs and annuals and very few perennials. So just be sure that the plants you're getting or looking at are going to indeed be perennial. And then lastly, of course, you can go online to catalogs. Some other nurseries may carry. We do carry a few perennial seeds at Lanier Nursery and Gardens. But there's another way. There's seed exchanges or garden clubs. Uh, Seed exchanges, usually they're online, and you trade seeds with people. So instead of buying seeds, you're saving seed that is unusual and unique, and they're saving seed of certain plants, and you can swap them. So there's definitely a lot of advantages to growing perennials from seed. Uh, Of course, I've already mentioned, it's a great way to raise a lot of plants at a budget. Uh, Plant diseases usually are not carried over in seeds. There are some uh, instances where there is, but if you have a choice perennial um, and you want to make sure it doesn't have disease, that is one way to ensure that there's less chance of disease. Um, And also, it may just be the only way to get or find some of those rare perennials. Now, I will mention, we got to go to a break, but I will mention that uh, when you're growing perennials from seed, you want to do a little research on how that seed needs to be treated. Does it need a certain uh, amount of cold chill? Does it need a certain amount of light, a certain amount of water, a certain amount of treatment in order for that seed to break dormancy? And all seeds and varieties and species may be different. Some are easy. Sprinkle them on the ground and they'll grow. So maybe start with the easy ones and then go to more advanced seed. When we get back, talking more perennials for your garden. Hang on tight. Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, gang, here we are for the second half of our discussion about perennials. We've been talking about the perennial garden for a couple of weeks now. And maybe we should just take a little break here to redefine, for those of you who may be joining us, what a perennial plant is. So basically, a perennial plant is a plant that continues to grow. It uh, reproduces via seed, root expansion, a little bit of both, year after year. For many years. I'm not going to say forever, but it does grow for many years. Now, to contrast perennials with some other plants we're familiar with is annuals. Annuals grow from seed and then they hurtle through their entire life cycle in just a single season, going from flowers to fruit to decline. And that all happens in one year. So perennials continue to grow, continue to flower, continue to to expand their root systems year after year. Annuals, they expand the root system, they produce a flower, set their seed in one season, and they are done. Their life is over. 
So you can see the major difference there. Now there is one obscure type of plants that uh, is unusual. There's a plant called biennial. There are biennial plants which are similar to perennial in that they come back for maybe a couple of seasons. But usually it takes two. That's why the word is bi for two, biennial. So usually biennials produce foliage and then they send up their flower stalks the subsequent year, the next year. So to sort of compare and contrast all of these, the most short-lived plant in your landscape will be annuals. They will live for one season, one year, and they're gone. Biennials may live two or more, but definitely two years. Foxglove, digitalis, that is a great example of a biennial that uh, people are growing and probably familiar with. But then the perennial, the true perennial, that's the one that's going to live and grow and flower, expand their roots year after year. And the perennial is what we're talking about today. Now, of course, perennials can be determined a lot by what you call perennial, what you anticipate as being a perennial, but also your climate. Uh, certain plants made certain, let's put it this way, certain annual plants that are annual here in Zone 7, like begonias or something, they may live for years in Miami, in those tropical climates. But our cold winters, however cold your winter is, is going to determine if a certain plant is perennial or not. Some perennials, say planted way up north, perennial for us may be annual for them. And so we have to know that the certain plants we're growing are going to perform a certain way within our own landscapes. I'm trying to think. There are some plants that used to be considered annual here in the south, particularly our zone, that uh, have sort of transitioned to be perennial. One of those plants in particular is lantana. Now, not all lantana is going to be perennial. But there are a couple of strains, one called Miss Huff, which was actually produced at a nursery uh, and, and bred or discovered at a nursery outside of Athens, Georgia, not far down the street. You may have Miss Huff. Just know that Miss Huff is as local of a lantana as it gets because her genetics, her, that plant itself was uh, produced at a nursery here in Georgia. And uh, Pink Huff, Pink Huff is another lantana in the same strain, that is able to overwinter for at least several years unless we have a terribly cold winter. Then it may die back. But it's a dependable perennial that used to be considered an annual. So we've really got to know the plants that we're going to use are going to perform over our winter and be hardy. Hardy means, it doesn't mean how tough a plant is necessarily, hardy means plants that can handle your winter climate. So if something is hardy to zone 7, that means it will come back year after year. Now, perennials, because they grow year after year, season after season, and they return in the landscape, in the garden, so much, uh, so often I should say, they do have a unique growth cycle, and some of them are different, some are similar, uh, but I do want to just give you some understanding of how Plant, these perennial plants grow. 
Because when you make these informed decisions about perennials, well, the vision you have for your perennial garden is going to most closely match what actually happens in the landscape. We want to make sure that careful choices um, are made so that money is saved, time is saved, effort down the road is saved. Sometimes we put plants in certain areas, and we've talked about this over and over, and you can find more discussion on plants in the right place at NewSouthernGarden.com. But if we put a plant in a not suitable location, the effort has to be made to move plants around, take them out completely, maybe constantly cutting them back, or even having to urge them on with more fertilizer. You know, if a plant that needs some sun shows up in the shade, well, it may not perform as well and have to be lifted and moved to where it can find and have access to more sun. But the reason we want to talk about uh, how perennials grow is because they're not like annuals. Uh, We're all used to growing annuals. And remember, perennials are not like annuals in their growth rates, okay? Perennials are not going to be instant gratification plants. And they don't always provide you with quick color, You know, uh, begonias, petunias, uh, calabrocha, all these beautiful annuals that are going to die at the end of the year, they bloom their heads off. They are constantly blooming, trying to produce seed before they die at the end of the year. It's a battle for time with annuals. They're just producing uh, flower buds, flower buds, flower buds, and you have color all the time. But perennials, on the other hand, they are not in a rush. Because perennials have year after year to grow and develop, many of them take their sweet time. As a matter of fact, uh, when you look at how perennials grow, generally speaking, that first year, they're going to devote most of their efforts, most of their energy into expanding their root system, establishing themselves in their new home. Because they're going to live in that home for year after year. And so they're trying to grow and expand their root system. Because you remember, if you've listened to New Southern Garden for any length of time, you've probably heard me say that the plant is the root. And the root is the plant. The root system is so vital and so important for all living plants. Of course, a dead plant doesn't need a root system, I guess, because it's dead. But plants that are expected to continue to live year after year, their root system has to be in top shape. And it takes a lot of energy to produce flowers. So the plant doesn't have a brain, right? But the plant, if it did have a brain, it would understand that or it would know that if it has a strong root system, then the rest of the plant will be healthy and happy and can grow and they can produce flowers year after year after year. So what it does is it takes its energy and sends it to the root system instead of flowers, usually. And at the root system there, you will start to develop and grow, and thick roots will start to emerge. They're going to extend those root systems into your garden soil. And remember, all of this growth takes place out of your sight. You can't see all the growth that's happening. So many times at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, where you can find me throughout the week, people will come in with pictures or they'll just describe a situation where, oh, these plants, they don't seem to be growing. They've been in the ground for a year, maybe a year and a half, but I don't see a lot of activity going on. And I said, that's okay. That's okay because 
The plant is multiplying rapidly at wonderful speeds and to great extent underground. And once it gets an established root system, then the plant is going to be comfortable with producing flowers because, again, it takes a lot of energy to produce the sexual parts of the plant, which are the petals and the, uh, the, the anthers and the stigma and all the things that make up the flower itself. Now, you and I, we really only care about the petals, about the beauty of it. But the plant is trying to produce seed. It's trying to make babies. It's trying to extend its potential for living, for growth. Now, of course, the roots have been growing for the first year, maybe two. And the top growth, it may be limited. The buds, the leaves, the stems, that first year, maybe even sometimes the second year, you may not see much, but just be patient. Because pretty soon, the big payoff will come in the third and the following years for sure. Your perennials, once they've settled in, once their root systems have started to grow and become mature, they are going to finally fuel a vigorous top growth. And then after year three, your plant may grow so much and so well <laughs> that you don't even recognize it anymore. That cute little tuft of leaves may become a monster. And he may or she, <laughs> sometimes I call plants boys and sometimes plants girls, but regardless, that plant is going to grow, expand, develop, and then blossom its head off. All the while, you'll probably see some blossoms here and there, and some perennials are prone to growing uh, pretty quickly, uh, regardless of a root system. Some are prone pretty quickly to produce flowers. Some only produce flowers for a short period of time and some for an indefinite, indefinite period of time before the winter, winter chill comes in. Now, talking about growth rates, there's another aspect of how plant or how perennials grow we should mention, and that is the mature size. Remember, all perennials with their various cultivars, they have a known mature side. How big? The maximum height, the maximum width that that particular plant or cultivar of a species can get. Now, usually, like we've already mentioned, they're only going to attain that maximum growth after several years in the garden. But normally, these numbers, the heights, the widths, they, they can vary according to the health of a perennial. And also how happy it is in that garden situation. Sometimes not having enough light will make a sun perennial look leggy, kind of sprawling. While a well-suited or well-sighted perennial may look more compact and full. Also climate is going to play a factor. That is for sure. Cold climates can certainly cause perennials to be uh, somewhat smaller than usual. It's sort of stunting their growth, if you will. But making sure your plant is in the right position, making sure as far as sun is concerned, making sure it has the right soil, making sure it has the right moisture and fertility, all those things can affect the mature size of your plant and the overall look of the plant. Is it going to be healthy, happy? Is it going to be maximizing its growth? Remember, We've talked about on previous episodes about the limiting factor for growth. The limiting factor for growth is that one thing that the plant lacks that it needs in order to grow to its full potential. 
Maybe it's fertilizer of some kind. Maybe it's space. Maybe it's water. Maybe it's sunlight. There's one factor that may limit your mature uh, sizes. So making sure that we eliminate any limiting factor for growth is going to be essential. And also, before you plant any of these plants, as beautiful as they may be, make sure you consider how large or how big of a footprint your perennial will have in your landscape beds and borders. That way, when they maximize their growth, when they're at their full potential, they're not too big. All right, gang, a few more thoughts about the perennial garden when we get back from this quick break. Hang on tight. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone, so get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well. Well, gang, on today's episode of New Southern Garden, we have been talking a lot about perennials. And we're sort of getting into a series here. This is the second episode we've talked about, or um, edition, about perennials. Now, today we talked about um, the aspects of perennials that, from buying them, shopping for them, and we've also talked about their growth rates, their mature sizes, knowing how important all those factors are. Because they are a unique type of plant. They're not like your annuals. And so we're going to continue this conversation over the next few weeks. We're going to get into some specific perennials, and we're going to get into some perennial, uh, like, maintenance. What about maintenance of, of these things? And what about um, planting them, Right. How do you prepare a perennial bed? But I just want to sort of take the remaining few minutes here to make a case for using perennials in your landscape. Um, the using perennials in the landscape has been revived. It's been reignited. There was a period of time for several decades, probably up through the 90s, where shrubs sort of took the stage and annuals took the stage. But now we're seeing a revitalization of the perennial border. We're seeing revival of using perennials. And so I want to encourage you to think about adding perennials to your landscape. Back in the day, all we had, we had some shrubs out front and maybe a border of annuals in front of the shrubs. But now we can use shrubs integrated with perennials and annual plants to create a well-balanced, harmonious, very uh, beautiful landscape. And the perennials are great for a few reasons. 
and I'm going to summarize some of these for those of you who have uh, maybe not joined us uh, except for today. But using perennials in the landscape, obviously, the number one, the number one reason why we should use them is because they do, in fact, return year after year. Now, don't get me wrong. Petunias and begonias are beautiful plants. They're nice. They bloom. They add color. They add texture. But they do have to be reworked not just one time a year, but twice a year. Remember, we have summer blooming perennials, and then we have winter blooming perennials like snapdragons and pansies and violas and things like that. So any bed or border that is full of annuals, we have to replace them, not just once, but twice a year, unless the space is just allowed to be vacant. So perennials, they are your friend who's going to come back. They don't just come out on the stage of the garden for one big performance. They're there for the long haul. They will be there for year after year, for many years, especially if you treat them well. And so that is one of the major benefits to using perennials. Now, there are plenty of perennials that are native. Uh, Let's see, coneflower, black-eyed Susan, uh, certain grasses like little blue stem, Beautiful, beautiful perennial grass. There are plenty of perennials that are native that also have the added benefit of helping ecology, returning something to the environment. As a matter of fact, the way that the monarch butterfly has been designed, we've talked about monarchs before, but the monarch butterfly, probably the most well-known type of butterfly, has to use a certain plant, a certain type of plant, as a food source for its offspring, for the children. And that's milkweed. Any kind of milkweed. We have uh, butterfly milkweed. We have swamp milkweed here. We have some obscure milkweeds. We have smooth milkweed and common milkweed, all kind of milkweeds in the United States that we can grow. And guess what? That plant provides the only food source for the monarch butterfly. But that plant also happens to be perennial. So it will return year after year in your perennial garden and landscape. So you can do things in the perennial garden, adding flowers, nectar, and and pollen for pollinators. You can provide that for ecology. So that's another good benefit. And you get to provide it year after year because the perennials will return. Now, just for you, though, How about for you? What does a perennial have to offer you? Why should you grow it? What is it going to do for you? Well, remember, when it comes to perennials, there are a variety of colors. There's blue and greens. There's orange and reds. There's pinks and purples. There's yellows. There's whites. Color, color, color. And remember, this is color that is going to come back year after year. Even though a perennial plant may not bloom continuously throughout the summer, remember, It will bloom summer after summer. And then textures. We did talk about grasses, but of course, grasses and certain other perennials like Amsonia or Blue Star, all of these plants have real fine textured foliage. Ferns, uh, perennial ferns will give you a fine textured foliage, whereas big leaves, big leaves like something on the foxglove or hellebore or hosta, Those are very coarse textured leaves, and together 
it can bring drama and intrigue and interest. And then, of course, you have a variety of forms. You have a variety of forms. You have good, uh, good plants like liriope. Liriope is a good border or kind of uh, property. It can kind of edge the property, edge the border. You've got ground covers that can creep and can crawl like our native green and gold, which is a beautiful kind of woodsy plant that can be grown in the sun as well, but it creeps and crawls and covers the ground. And then you have plants that can sort of be woven in between each other. You have plants that can be focal points that are just outstanding and stellar on their own. And then you have tiny little things. We may call those small wonders. You have tiny little plants that can look good and thrive well. So again, folks, we're going to continue our discussion on perennials as we go throughout uh, this early part of spring because now is a wonderful time to plant your perennial garden, as well as fall. If Don't worry. If you miss out on planting your perennial garden this spring, you can continue after the heat of summer is over. would be ideal and do late summer and early fall because the ground is warm, the roots can grow. Basically, when we uh, plan to plant our perennial garden, we want to remember to plant on the shoulders of summer. The shoulders of summer, that would be spring and fall. Those would be the ideal times to get your plants in the ground. But otherwise, perennials have a lot to offer you. Like I said, they've been refound. They've been brought back to life, if you will, where for several decades, people didn't really grow many perennials. It was all about shrubs, trees, and annuals. But now we've found a space. We found a place for perennials. And they can not only give you that color and texture and form that's so essential to a good garden design, but perennials also give you longevity. As a matter of fact, many of these perennials may outlive you. They may continue to live and to grow well beyond your lifetime. So you're leaving something for others, just like a tree, just like shrubs. But regardless, some perennials have a short period of time. They may live three or four years, five years, and that's it. And that short period of time is just kind of like the new Southern Garden Show because we are coming on to an end of the program today. I'm so glad that you've joined us for our talk about perennials. We're going to talk more about probably installing perennials and how to maintain in the coming weeks. So be sure to come back to the new Southern Garden. Gang, this is Nathan Wilson, and I hope that you stay well and grow well. We'll see you later. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show.